Hi, everyone. Welcome to Moments. My name is Deshola. And I'm Rye. She is Rye. Now, we are doing a podcast about moments in everyone's lives that have either shaped or impacted their lives based on any experiences they've been through, whether they be good or bad. We felt like that's something that a lot of people go through. And, you know, everyone has moments. So that is what we're talking about. We're going to have a different topic every single day. Yes, yes. Yes, we are. And then we're also going to have a different guest every day. Actually, two guests. Yes, we definitely are. And today's topic that we are having is daddy issues. And for those of you who don't know what daddy issues are, please tell us, Dishola. Well, okay. You know, daddy issues can be many things. It just depends on who you are. Everyone has their own experience with it. But according to dictionary.com, daddy issues is an informal phrase for the psychological challenges resulting from an absent or abnormal relationship with one's father, often manifesting in a distrust of or sexual desire for men who act as father figures. Woo! Deep. (laughs) Right? Daddy issues is serious. And we're definitely going to always discuss, um, you know, issues or experiences, like Deshola said, good or bad, that people have gone through that you can relate or, you know, have someone, you know, help you out there, something that you're currently going through and you don't know how to address it. So someone who's already been through it, you know, can help you through the process. So that's why we will have two guests um, every episode to tell their real true life story. Yes. And by the way, some episodes will be able to like, you know, relate to the topic. Sometimes we won't be this topic. And I feel like everyone can kind of relate in a way. Seriously. Like for me, for example, I wouldn't say I have daddy issues, but I don't have the best relationship with my dad. So maybe that is daddy issues. I don't know. I mean, not, <laughs> not, you know, I mean, he's fine. Like I have no issue with him, but it's not like, we're not close at all. And that's just kind of what it is. So it's been like that. There's not really any but why reasoning. Is that? There was, there's not a reason. No, I mean, just his personality, you know, <laughs> like he never like did anything to me or anything like that. It's just, he, none of my siblings are necessarily close to my dad, you know? So that's just kind of what it is. What about you? Um, my dad has been in my life, uh, my whole entire life, but it's so funny. People always assume that, um, you have daddy issues only if your father was absent. And it's so crazy because I actually suffered from daddy issues. My father was very much physically there, but he wasn't emotionally and mentally there. So, you know, where you have, I guess, the relationship where, you know, a father and daughter are close and you you learn about the birds and the bees and how men are. I didn't have that experience. Uh, My father and I got closer in my later years in life where I've already kind of been through all my, you know, frogs I should say so I kind of had to figure it out for myself so I would say you know I suffer from daddy issues because I was always looking for someone to be there more emotionally for me because I didn't you know get it from my father he was you know physically there but that emotional part wasn't there so that was kind of my experience mm, you know, I'm glad you that. said that. That, that that is true also my dad was around also by the way I didn't grow up in the same house with him 24 7 but he was around all the time but I still you know just was not close to him so right, right you know right. But hey, it is what it is. We all have our own our own stories, which is why I'm super excited for our first guest. You know, for both of our guests, actually. But our first guest, we have Lexi here. And Lexi is from the Bay, the Bay in California. Woo-hoo, and Bay Lexi's going to share her story. Hey, welcome, Lexi. Thank you so much for joining our show, Moments. We're so excited to have you today, especially on a topic that is so important and so prevalent with like so many people around the world so thank you so much hey lexi thank you for joining us how you feeling today hey guys um i'm good thank you so much for having me i hope you're excited so um you can just 
you know, th- this this topic is serious. You know, daddy issues. A lot of people have them, unfortunately, but that's just kind of what right. it is. So let us know your story. Yes. Um. So, I mean, I would say that I had um, a pretty normal childhood. Um, my life changed definitely when I was about 20 or 21, just literally just out the blue. Like, I really thought that I had like a perfect family. And um, my mom, she took me on a drive somewhere and we were just quiet the whole time. I don't even think we played any music or anything like that. And she took me, I remember it was, it was in Sacramento at this Mexican restaurant in the parking lot. And then she just looked at me and she said that your dad and, and I are getting a divorce. And I was, I was super blindsided. I was like really confused because yeah, I had like a seemingly perfect family. My parents never even argued. So this was definitely a surprise to literally everyone. Um, but yeah, I was, I was an adult, I was 2021. 20, so definitely was super confused. And my mom, she didn't really tell me the full story right then and there. It took like her, it took her months. It took her months and months for, um, and she just started like after a few months, just kind of releasing more of the story on why they were getting a divorce because um, my dad didn't initially move out. Um, after my mom had that talk with me that my parents were getting a divorce, she told me not to tell my siblings and maybe like four or maybe I would say three to four months later is when my dad actually moved out. And then more of the story, um, started coming out. But initially I found out, yeah, my dad was pretty much living, um, a whole secret life. He had multiple mistresses and girlfriends and all, all this crazy stuff. So, yeah, wow. it's been it's been a journey. <laughs> well, I have a question. I have a couple of questions from hearing that. One, I was I would say I was surprised. I wasn't expecting you to say you were 20 something, you know, because I feel like usually when we hear daddy issues, you think, you know, it's a lifelong thing. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Also, how how did it feel when your mom told you and then told you not to tell your siblings? Like, was there any pressure for you or how was that? Yeah, I know. I do think that it's like a, a common misconception that um, that daddy issues can only start at an early age, but I, I think that's completely false. It really depends on the relationship that you have with your father. It can change really any day. Um, but yeah, me, I'm the oldest sibling out of three. I have a younger brother and sister. So, um, yeah, my mom told me to, to not tell them. So I'm like, okay, I have to listen to her. I'm going to just like do whatever she do, whatever it is that she wanted me to do to make the process easier for her. So I I don't even, to be honest, I don't even remember exactly the moment that she was, I mean, I, I know that I didn't break the news to them. I want to say that my parents, like after a couple of months of me knowing, they kind of all sat us down and told us at the same time. So, mm. but yeah, me being the big sister, I was definitely trying to be there for, for my siblings as much as I could. Now, being that you said that, you know, you had, you know, you thought that you had the perfect life and the perfect family, you know, for all, for all these years, um, how did that affect you at that moment in time? Did it affect you for any current relationships that you had with men or did you start to look at men differently being that you had your father for all these years, you know, you probably felt like there were no daddy issues in your life that, that would Mm -hmm. ever exist. Like, how did it change you and your outlook? like for men or any current relationship that you had at that moment in time? Yeah. um, So I was still very young in my early 20s. So I wasn't in any sort of serious relationships. 
And I will say that even though, um, which is like now I can look back at it and I'm like, oh, okay, like that's why that happened. But I mean, I never really had um, a strict upbringing. My parents kind of, um, yeah, they were very like lenient with me in a lot of things. And the same thing kind of went for guys. Like I wasn't, um, like I was like allowed to have like guy friends over and things like that. But then when my dad left and I'm like, okay, there's no like male in the house. I kind of like, I went wild for a little bit. I definitely went through like, I guess I call it like my daddy issues phase. Sorry, mom, if you're going to listen to this, (laughs) but (laughs) I was definitely wilding out with, with guys for a minute. Now, do you think that, Oh, sorry. Do you oh, think sorry, you were no, no. wilding out because, like, just because you were you, your dad wasn't there to to look over you and tell you what to do, or do you think it was kind of like, whatever, I'm doing what I want to do. Like my parents are doing what they want to do, so I'm gonna live my life. Um. Yeah, I guess it was a mixture. I'm like, okay, I my dad he left. He was yeah, like just a trash human being. Um. I'm just gonna have fun, and I'm not gonna yeah, I'm not going to like follow any rules. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And um, when my dad was in the house, I kind of did, there was like some sort of, I guess you could say like a respect thing. Like I wasn't going to do all all this crazy stuff because yeah, I was like kind of like a daddy's girl. But now that that was gone, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do more exploring. Right, wow. right. And do you oh, feel gosh. like it was- Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. Sorry, guys. Take your time. Um, this is definitely something that's very sensitive and, you know, I don't know if you've actually elaborated on it or kind of, you know, take a trip down memory lane for it. So please take your time. Um, do you think it was something that you were more so, uh, rebelling for yourself or you were trying to hurt him? Did you feel like by you while and out with other men that you could get to him and be like, Hey, I'm doing this because of you. Or you just wanted to just wild it out because you made mm-hmm. it, at the time it made you feel like it would make you feel better. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think that I was really doing it in spite of him. I never was really thinking about him um, when I was doing these sort of things, maybe subconsciously, of course. But I would mm-hmm. say that it was definitely more so like a rebellion thing. Like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of do do what I want. I remember this guy that I was dating at the time. He wasn't my boyfriend. He actually became my boyfriend like later. But he always, um, he told me, like, yeah, girls that, like, grow up with, like, single moms, they're, like, way more fun. And then, I don't know, I feel like I just kind of, like, internalized that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're more, they're more fun. Okay, I'm going to have more fun. Wow. And that was, like, my identity for a little bit. Wow. Well, my question is, which is what I think everyone is wondering, when your mom told you what she told you, how did your relationship with your dad change? Um, me and my dad, we actually, we didn't talk for two years Whoa! after that. Yeah, we didn't talk. Um, he would write letters to, to me and I'm, I'm assuming also to my siblings as well, but I never responded to them. Yeah. I would just pretty much flat out ignore him. So even when you lived in the same house with him, you didn't speak to him? Um, yeah. So yeah. So after uh, my mom told me about the divorce, he stayed with us for a few more months. And after he left the house, I didn't, yeah, I didn't speak with him again. Wow. That's very, um, that's probably hard for you, especially, you know, growing up, having your father, you know, all this time. What was your relationship like with your father before this? Um, yeah, I was definitely a daddy's girl. Like, 
I thought my dad was like one of the coolest people. Um, he taught me a lot about like, like different music and my dad is from New York. So I would take trips with him to New York sometimes. Um, he was like my softball coach at one time. Like everybody always thought that my dad was like the coolest guy. Yeah. So it was a shock to everybody that of what he did. And did you ever, did you ever feel like you were like a part to blame or contribute to, you know, him wanting to do what he did? Or did you know that really had nothing to do with you and it was his own issues? Yeah, I definitely um, knew that this was all on him. My mom definitely, um, she made it known like this, this is, these are things that have happened in your dad's side of the family for, for a long time. Like, Um, like his dad did it and other family members have done it as well. So she was like, this has nothing to do with you guys. This is all the, um, that side of the family. That's something that they need to work out within themselves. I'm so glad that one, your mom told you that. And I'm so glad that you didn't internalize any of that because I feel like a lot of people, and maybe it's just because they find out things or the parents break up when they're younger, you know, it seems like a lot of kids like blame themselves, like, oh, maybe it's my fault, which I'm always mm-hmm. like, like how, you know, it's not your right. fault that your parents want to do whatever they want to do, you know? So I'm glad you didn't have that, that part of you that was blaming yourself because obviously it's not your fault at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you're, you're right. And um, probably because it was that I was a little bit older that I'm like, okay, I'm already like full grown, I mean, not a full grown adult, but I, yeah, I was like an, pretty much an adult by then. So I had already done a lot of growing up but I'm sure that if it would have happened to me at a younger age I would have had different feelings towards it right and you said that you have younger siblings so you do you kind of have this responsibility to be that the big sister to not only be there for your mother um, but to also be there for your siblings how did your relationship with your siblings um, did it remain the same did you guys get you know stronger did you guys distance yourselves I know sometimes when families go through you know tragedies they either you know become distant because they don't know how to address it or they you know become closer mm-hmm. yeah um, so I did what I I did what I could but I've always kind of considered myself a little bit of the the black sheep of my family. Um, when I was living at home with my family, I was definitely someone who was like really into partying and going out. And my siblings, well, my brother, he's seven years younger than me. So we had like a pretty big age gap. And then my sister, um, she was four years younger than me. And she, me, her and I were the complete opposite. She was very into like church and she wasn't really into going out. Um, so we didn't have much in common. We actually became um, a lot closer when the both her and I, we both moved to LA um, the same year, a few years back. And yeah, our, our relationship has really blossomed since then. Um, but yeah, when we were still living in the same house, um, I, I don't, you know, I don't even remember too clearly, but I know that we weren't super close. Okay. And now do you, did you move to LA, um, for like school or, um, like I'm assuming you moved for school. So when you, did you move for school? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Um, so when you, when you moved, did you want to go, you know, away from the Bay area because of your situation at home or you were already planning on moving to LA regardless? Um, no, I've always wanted to live in LA. So, um, I feel like I would have I would have ended up here regardless, even if my parents were together. Okay. I would have okay. yeah, I would have still wanted to come out here. 
Did you blame your mom at all for anything? Um, you know, initially I did. I feel like my dad, he was kind of like brainwashing me. Um, when they, my, when my mom first told me about the divorce and my dad was still living with us, um, he would just be like, oh, well, your mom did this and she Mm. did that. So I was, I was, I was a little bit angry at her for a while. And then I had to, um, there were other things that happened and I can't specifically remember them, but I just kept like catching my dad in lies. And I'm like, Oh, like whatever you say, I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to like take it at face value. But Mm. but yeah, there was for a few months I was like, okay, well, is there something more you could have done? But, um, but that was pretty short lived. Mm. Yeah. Like if people, if people know my mom, like, you know, like my mom was like an angel. Yeah. You know, I ask that because I know sometimes that happens, you know, where it's sometimes the the kids can be, you know, just so angry in general at Mm -hmm. the whole situation that they take it out on the wrong parent. And then also like what it sounds like your dad did is, you know, you know, they they try to manipulate the situation. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was asking, you know, if that was the case. So, yeah. Oh, and one other thing, too, is um, since you brought that up. Um, yeah, when I, when my parents told me initially, um, well, sorry, when my mom told me initially that my dad was leaving and he had like another girlfriend, I didn't know like all about the, all these, uh, other women that he was seeing. So that definitely made me be like, oh, well, I just can't believe you because even women that I had known that he oh. had introduced me to, he was, Stop. um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like family friends lot. kind of thing? Yes. Family friends, like hairdresser, like a lot. Mm. So oh. w- you said you didn't t- speak to your father for two years. So then when you did start speaking into him again, um, what made you want to speak to him? Like what sparked that interest to have a conversation with him? And then how did that change re- your relationship with your mother? Um, I remember when I started speaking with him, it was on my birthday he reached out to me um, and I want to say that he texted me and then I might've texted him back. And then I think from then we just started like texting each other for a few months until we like built up a phone call. But when I say texting, I'm not talking about like these like really elaborate conversations. I'm talking about like, Oh, thinking about, thinking about you, like have a good day. Like honestly, pretty generic, just short and sweet, um, pretty generic messages. But I just, I kind of was just tired of not having a relationship with my dad. So I was just taking it. And I would say that it did affect my relationship with my mom because during that time, I feel like my mom, she had a lot of healing that she needed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, she would almost, I feel like almost take it out on me and her, me and my siblings. Okay. How did you handle that? Like, would you respond are you someone who responds and like comes back at her or do you just let her do what she needed to do because you knew she was going through something? Yeah, I, I definitely just let her like vent to me. Um, and sometimes, yeah, she would just vent to me for hours and like send me videos to watch and all these things that just I felt like it was getting in the way of my healing process because I'm like, I feel like um, you are like inflicting your healing process upon me. So I just had to really just 
um, take a step back and be like, okay, this is my mom. She loves me. She's like doing all of these things because she does love me and she doesn't want me to go through the same things um, and find a man that's like my father. So I understand why she's really trying to educate on like the type of men I need to date. But yeah, it definitely was getting like, it was beginning to get um, to be a lot um, for a long time. So I had to really just, I had to talk, have multiple talks with her and I'm like, Hey, I was having like a really great day today. And then you just like kind of hit me with like venting about my dad and it kind of put me in this mood. And I'm like, I'm over here trying to do my own healing process. So we've had to have several talks about that, about boundaries in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask that. Cause you know, sometimes I've, it seems like when our parents, well, I don't know who your mom was prior, but, you know, sometimes it seems when our parents go through certain things, let's say a breakup, it's like they almost, depending on what kind of parent you have, they almost tell us a lot more than they than they ever normally would, you know, mm-hmm. or, 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 you know, just expose things that you're like, wait a minute, what? You know, because mm-hmm. I guess they're so hurt or whatever they're going yeah. through. Yeah, definitely. And um, my parents, they were married for for 20 years. So I'm like, yeah, this was just, just so much hurt on her end. So I always try to, to sympathize with her and just see how she feels. And yeah, I just kind of give her a lot of like leeway when she was in during her healing process. Right. And Uh it's, so since it's been a couple of years, you know, you have, you know, healed and you've grown, how has this, you know, changed you as a person? Like who have you become as a person whether it's, you know, negative or positive, And how do you think this has, you know, helped or maybe hurt, um, you know, any relationships, not even just, you know, romantic relationships, because I, I'm, I'm sure it's affected you a little bit trust wise, because this was someone you've trusted your whole life. So how's that, you know, just helped you for the negative and for the positive? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely still a process. Um, the biggest lesson that it taught me is that I really just, people are just going to do them regardless. Like, um, I don't want to say that you can't trust people, but people make decisions and they make decisions to make them happy. So if they feel like cheating on them is going to make them happy, then that's what they're going to do. So it's really just taught me to not take things at offense when people do things that would be seemingly um that would seemingly hurt me so how do you think this has changed you um for any future relationships that you could potentially have has it made you feel like you want to have a guard up and be closed off or are you still going to go into a relationship and love with an open heart you know even though your father has you know damaged you know your family essentially Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I definitely feel like um, a lot of women that experience um, just trauma within their family, especially with their dad, they end up going towards someone that's just um, like that man or or someone else in their family that's hurt them. Mm -hmm. So for me lately, um, I've been on such like a self-love, self-healing journey and I've like taken up like meditation and taken up yoga and all of these things they've really allowed me to take um a really interesting look at my life and I just I just don't have room for anything that's toxic whether it's um relationships friendships work anything I just I don't have room for it so 
yeah, I've definitely taken um, traits that my dad has had. And now I know like certain, certain things to look for because mm. um, I would say that my dad is like a, a master manipulator. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when it comes, when you're just like loving yourself better, you just really understand your standards. So it's just, it would just be really hard for a man that is like that to enter my life right now at the stage that I'm at. I love what you just said. When you love yourself better, right. you understand your standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. no, for real, that, that's serious. That a lot of people need to hear when you love yourself, you know, like what you're worth, you know, what, what you're willing right. to accept and not accept. Mm-hmm. I have one more question for you, which I think everyone wants to know. How is you and your dad's relationship now today? Yes. That was my last question too. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> okay, so I will say that we were good. I mean, I, I shouldn't say good because it's still, um, I still understand that my dad himself, he still has a lot of healing to do. He's he's actually married to one of the women that he cheated on my mom with, and they've been married for, for a few years wow. now. And I just feel like, yeah, their whole relationship was just built on lies and to be honest, I'm just not ready to be a part of that. Mm. Um, considering she was my dad's mistress for so long. So I, I, for the past few years, I've definitely kept my dad at, at kind of like an arm's length, but we currently are not even speaking right now because he did something pretty horrible a few months ago. And yeah, wow. haven't talked to him since I want to say, uh, October. Wow. Well, do you, do you think that you guys will ever get back on track or that's something that you're not really concerned about right now? You're just trying to get you to, you know, a good, a a point where you feel fully healed. Exactly. Yeah. Right now I'm just really focused on me. Um, I pray for him every day. I, I send him positive vibes. I'm like thinking about you, dad. I hope you're doing well today. Um, yeah, maybe one day he, there, I, I will just say that there needs to be something like really uh, like a drastic shift in his life for him to enter my life again. Wow. Well, I want to say, wow. If I don't know if you're open to it or not, but if you guys, if you guys can have a good relationship, I hope that does happen for you. If you're open to that. And I also just want to say, I love that you still, you're obviously still open to him in a sense you have him at a, at a, you know, a distance, but you still send positive vibes to him. So that shows that whatever you're doing to work on yourself is working for you, you know, because you're still willing to send out the positive vibes to him, even though you're not really his biggest fan right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. But no, I definitely believe people can grow and people can change. So yes, def- I'm um, very open to having a relationship with him one day. Just not today. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and on that well, note, Right. Well, thank you so much, Lexi, for giving us your, you know, experience and your insight. You definitely sharing your story today is going to 100% help someone. I know it will because there's so many people who are going through the same thing. So thank you for being so open and vulnerable with us. Thank you, Lexi. Of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm like, oh, I don't know how this conversation is going to make me feel, but you guys are freaking amazing. I felt so comfortable. This was great. I'm glad. Thank you so much, Lexi. All right, so our next guest is Chloe, who is a 26-year-old from Las Vegas, and she is here to share her story. So, hey, Chloe, how are you? Hey, I'm well. How are you? I'm wonderful. We are glad to have you. We're excited to hear your story. As you know, this episode is about daddy issues, and it seems like so many people (laughs) 
you know, can relate to the subject. So feel free to start your story whenever you're ready. Um, yeah, I think it's really sad how many people can relate to the story. Um, I in so my personal story, I guess, I don't know if like a lot of people can relate to this, but um, I'll try to give you like the brief version. Uh, my parents divorced when I was like right before I turned eight and my dad started dating a new woman when I was about 10. Um, the woman was like really toxic. She would do crazy things like go through my stuff. She, um, made my dad relay to my brother and I that we were no longer allowed to talk about my mom or anyone on my mom's side of the family. Um, and then she eventually gave him an ultimatum that he needed to pick between her or his children. Mm -hmm. So he picked her, um, in those next two years, I was in middle school. My brother was in elementary school and my dad had a responsibility to, um, for a custody agreement, um, as well as child support. He just one day never showed up to pick my brother or I up from my mom's house. Um, he stopped paying the child support. He changed his phone numbers. He changed the locks on his house. Um, and he basically mm. cut us off entirely um, for like those two years. And so I remember I couldn't even get in contact with my grandparents on his side of the family because they reached out to him asking for our contact. And he basically, he just like, wouldn't give it to them. Um, and I had to through, <laughs> it sounds so crazy, but through the yellow pages and the internet, I was able to get my grandma's phone number and I was able to get back in contact with her during those two years. Um, and then just one day randomly, he reached out to us after those two years and he was like, I want to come back into your life, um, but let's not talk about what happened. Let's just kind of like turn a new chapter um, and move forward. And I was so young. I was like 12 at this time. I, I was just like happy to have my dad back in any capacity. And so I didn't question him. Um, I didn't really like fight back in any regard. And he came back into my life as far as I knew. Um, things were going to be better. He was still married to her at this time. And um, it was just really bad. Like they would fight and they, we would have to leave the house because their fighting was so bad. She would say bad things about my mom. She, I remember one time we had to leave in a hurry because they'd gotten in a fight and I accidentally left my phone at the house. She went through my phone and saw that in my phone, she was, her contact was crazy lady. And then like <laughs> later on, she like brought that up in an argument, like used it against me. Um, she, I remember she told me I wore too much makeup and Deshola, you know me, like, I don't, I don't wear too much makeup. Um, but I, she said she compared my makeup to like costume, like theater makeup, mm. um, just like really bad stuff. And then they finally ended up getting a divorce because she was so crazy. We had to rent an apartment outside of the house and he had to call my uncle in from Florida. He had to call my mom who they were divorced at this point, but say basically like, just letting you know, I'm leaving Lisa and um, basically shit's going to hit the fan. And so like, I need you to kind of like be there to like tell the cops, like I'm not missing. Everything's fine. I just need to kind of like get away for a little bit while things are dying down. Cause I'm going to be filing for divorce. So he divorces her and I thought, okay, cool. Like I have my dad back. Um, everything's back to normal. And then in 2016, I found out that 
though they had divorced, though he's paying her alimony, like I thought all of this was in the past, he had actually been secretly seeing her the entire time. And um, I'm not really one to confront a situation um, like any type of conflict I I pretty much shy away from to the fullest. And so I never addressed it with him, but he noticed that like my behavior was, was changing because I'm, though I'm someone who like can't deal with conflict. I also am, I can't be fake. And so like, I can't like have a conversation with someone and be like fine and normal and like have them think that like nothing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And so he started noticing differences in my behavior and talked to my brother and my brother basically told him what was wrong um, because he knew. And uh, my dad basically just like doubled down and was like super stubborn and defensive in his behavior, saying things like, no one's going to tell me who I can and can't date. Um, her behaving this way literally just makes me want to date Lisa even more, which I, I mean, that's just one of the examples of the things that he said, which I found to be so inappropriate, uh, considering he was saying that to my brother who was younger than me and who was there for all of that shit that he like put us through. So, um, fast forward to present day and I am finally going to therapy for all of the shit that he's, I guess, done over the years. Um, and recently I accomplished something that like, I never thought I'd be able to do, but I wrote him like a six page letter. And I basically just said everything that like I, wanted to say to him as a kid and as an adult, I got it all down and I delivered it to him and he read it and he replied to me, but it was just kind of like, it was, it, it was just too little too late. Like it was just a, a bullshit apology, like him continuing to not take accountability. Um, and just basically being like, well, I'll always love you. So, um, that's where we're at now. Whoa. So, that's a lot. Like and, I know, um, I know it's so much because it's literally like 10 to 15 years of experience. Like I'm, I'm trying to pack into like yeah, one story. Yeah, we need, I, I was right. going to ask certain things, but Mariah, you can ask. Um, so I wanted to ask you, it sounds like that you went through a process of feeling like someone is going to be there and then they're not, and they're going to be there and then they're not. So it's kind of like abandonment in a way. It was essentially is what he did um, to you and your family. So do you feel that you um, are kind of guarded with certain um, relationships, whether it's romantic or not feeling like someone's just going to leave anyway? So do you have a guard up as in you don't really care so much just because of what your dad did do? So like, you're definitely right where, where you're asking questions about abandonment issues, because again, like I'm going to therapy for this. Um, mm -hmm. I believe that the issues that, um, my dad caused as a child, they kind of like festered and turned into other issues that basically mm -hmm. like branched out and created other issues. And so now I'm an adult, but I have all of these different issues that I feel like come back to him. And right. while, um, while abandonment issues is, is one of those, I feel like it's manifested itself in other ways. So like uh, another thing to kind of like add into this mix is like I was molested as a kid too. And so um, I feel like that kind of like manifests itself in other ways at, as like your dad leaving you does. Like I, I feel like everything kind of like affects you differently. So like I don't feel like it's affected me in a romantic relationship aspect but, um, like I have a really hard time or I would say since quarantine, I've actually gotten a lot better at this, but pre quarantine, I mean, Deshola knows 
I used to really struggle with being alone. Like if I was alone at my house, I would be calling, texting my friends to come over or I would leave or like a lot of FaceTime. I, yeah, a lot of FaceTime, which I still do love FaceTime, but like it was definitely like an abnormal amount. And I think I've like gotten a lot better, maybe quarantine, maybe therapy, maybe all of it together has like helped me. But um, I would say the, the things that like my dad has affected me the most with is um, my sense of pride. So I'm like a super stubborn, super prideful person. And like, I have, I feel like I have this complex that like, I want to do everything by myself. I don't need anyone's help because right. like my dad wasn't there to like show me how to do things. My dad wasn't part of the process when I was like an adolescent and like he wasn't there for when I bought my first house or like when I put myself through college, like I didn't go to him for anything. And I feel like that's how I am now. Like I like to do things alone. I don't want to give anyone else the credit. I don't want help from anyone. If I have to ask for help, it makes me feel weaker. And so like, I guess to essentially answer your question, I don't think that the abandonment issues have like affected my romantic relationships, but they have definitely like festered in other ways. Right. Well, essentially you build up this, like, I don't need no man type shit because right. you have a man who has not been in your life and you have still made it through without him and have prospered and continue to succeed over and over and reach, you know, levels and goals that you have never thought you've had to obtain until you were put mm -hmm. in a certain situation. You don't need anyone because, you know, women feel like we need the man to, you know, change our tire and our light and stuff. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you don't have that and you do it yourself, you don't need anyone for shit, you know? So, um, but I, I think the, the feeling of you not wanting to be alone probably comes from the abandonment, mm -hmm. abandonment, but I think you also mentally know that you can be alone because you've done it for so long by yourself. So maybe that's what therapy is helping with realizing, you know, giving you that realization, like, I don't need nobody. I've been, been doing this shit by myself. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. You bring up like the, um, like not needing a ban because I feel like in, in my experience, I would consider myself a serial monogamous. Like I bounce from relationship to relationship. And like, it's funny that you said that remind me on something earlier. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the reason why I bring that up is because like I, people who are close to me know me as someone who's like always in a relationship and I always have a boyfriend mm -hmm. and I don't like to say that because I feel like that sounds toxic. I feel like it's like, I'm, I'm, I bounce from relationship to relationship. Whereas mm -hmm. like I'm in these situations where I'm, I am in these really long-term relationships and I get out of them and it's like, I don't go looking for people. I've, I've never like used a dating app. I don't like, I don't ask people to set me up. Um, I don't like complain to people that like, I hate being single. It's like mm -hmm. the right people come into my life at the right time. And right, right. I'm, by the way, I'm very against the use of dating apps. I just think like the idea of it, like dehumanizes the dating experience. Oh, I think on. that mm -hmm. it's just a very, I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't, I don't like it, but um, I have also been dealt a certain hand. Like I've been, in, I, my life has consisted of people walking into my life at the right time. And so like, maybe I'm a little bit more privileged in that sense. Like maybe right. there aren't other people who are like, as I guess, fortunate as that. So, um, yeah, I would say that my, my experience is, is not like someone who would, who would go on a dating app. And so, um, I just, I, I don't, I don't like saying it because it, it does sound like I like go looking for these people, but like, I genuinely feel like everyone I've dated has like, just kind of fell in my lap, if that makes sense. 
But then again, I don't really do anything to like push them away and be like, no, I need time for me. I need time to be single and like Mm -hmm. find myself, which maybe that's what I should have been doing at the same time. So who knows? I don't know if it's just like, like chances causing it or if it's me not wanting to be alone and I like wind up in these relationships. So I I have a few questions. One, I want to go back to the beginning because I feel like a lot of people are going to want to know more details because a lot of it we skipped over a little bit but before, right, we, before <laughs> we get to that so you just brought up the fact that you feel like you are a serial dater okay mm-hmm. um do you think that you actually do need to be alone for like an extended period of time to really find yourself or do you think that you're fine like do you think i do you think i should be alone to yeah, find well, myself is that well, what you're yeah, asking? because you know you said that maybe you should have taken the time to really be alone right. and like get to know yourself and everything. Do you feel like you still need to do that? Or do you think you're okay? I honestly feel like therapy itself has helped me a lot. Um, so I don't know. That's a hard question for me to answer. I, because you can't speak on something that like you've never experienced. So like to me, therapy is the answer. Like to me, I'm just going to say like, if I'm having an issue. I'll deal with it in therapy. I don't think like me being alone is going to like fix anything. Um, so yeah, I don't really know how to answer that question. That's fair. Now the question I have going back is you mentioned a few things about the store, but there are, are obviously gaps in the years. So the first thing I want to yeah. know is how did you feel when this happened? When you were uh, a little kid, when your parents got divorced, when you're eight, your dad got married to this lady who you said was crazy, mm-hmm. crazy lady, right? And, and how, how did you feel when your dad cut you off? Like how, how, how was that in your family? How was that with your mom, with your brother, all of that? So, yeah, it was, it was really hard. I, I, like I said, I was 10 and I remember that it all, it all kind of like snowballed. I remember like at first I really liked her. I really thought she was like cool and likable and, um, then things just kind of started to get worse. And I remember on my 10th birthday, the one thing I asked my dad for, I didn't like ask for any gifts. I was just like, I just want to spend the day with you. And he brought her along. Um, and then by the end of the day, I, I can't remember what happened, but he said that because I hadn't been good, I wasn't going to get my birthday or because I had been mean to, to Lisa, I wasn't going to get my birthday Mm. presents. Um, and from that point, it just kind of like got worse. Um, to the point where the custody agreement was that I would stay with my mom Monday through Thursday. He would pick me up on Friday from school and then I'd spend the weekend with him. And I remember um, one Friday, I was just like, I don't want to go to dad's like, mom, please come pick me up. And she was like, okay. So I, I didn't see him that weekend. And then the following Thursday night, he was supposed to come. He just never came. And that was the end. And he wasn't it. Yeah, that was the end. He just, he never answered his phone from that point. I, I had his cell phone and his work phone. I remember like, Oh, this is, it's like hard for me to like talk about being emotional. Cause I, I don't like to talk about my emotions, but I remember being like a little kid laying in bed and like calling his, I knew he would answer, never answer his work phone because it, he worked like a nine to five, but I would still call his work phone and leave voicemails of me being, I think I was probably like 11 at this point, And like, I was crying on the voicemails and like, like it, I don't remember what I was saying, but it was probably something along the lines of like, like, I miss you. Like, 
please like come back into my life. Like, why, why are you doing this? Did I do like, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? And that's kind of like what I talked about in the, in the letter that I sent him was like, as a kid, I, I kind of always felt like I had done something wrong Mm -hmm. or like, like I, I don't want to say I deserved it, but like, I, I felt like, like, what could I possibly have done? And then like, it wasn't until I became an adult and like, I had time to reflect on everything. And I realized like there was never anything wrong with me. There was always just something wrong with him. Right. It is so frustrating it, hearing that. I'm sorry. You know, you, because we, when we're talking to people and you're hearing their stories and everything, it's like, for me, it's just, it's so selfish. It's unbelievable. Because it's so yeah. selfish. Even the fact that, right. that she's saying like, he was, he was, he was really blaming her for every, he, like he said, he said, oh, well, I didn't get you this or, or I'm not hanging out with you on your birthday alone because you were mean to Lisa. And then, and then you didn't go to his house one Friday because because of the situation that he stopped talking for two years. It's like it's almost mm-hmm. like as if he was punishing you for things that he was really doing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. As a child, you definitely are going to feel like it's your fault or what did I do wrong or what can I have done better because you don't really understand, you know, um, yeah. what is exactly going on because you're so young and, you know, uh, our, um, you know, our previous guest, um, Lexi, it was, you know, the same thing for her is that she – wanted to like blame herself but she had to realize that people are going to do what they want to do and when people are selfish you know such as your father he was going to do what he felt made him happy no matter what if it meant hurting someone else and that is the unfortunate part especially when it comes to your children you know like hurt anybody but not your children not the people like you didn't you weren't asked to be brought in this world you know right (laughs) um that's just the very unfortunate part but i mean i'm glad that you're able to go to therapy and able to reflect and you know you have so much um there's like internal damage that you are trying to fix so you don't project it externally you know for yourself and others as well Mm -hmm. so it's such a good thing that you're you know in therapy because some people think therapy doesn't work at all whatsoever Um, yeah that's amazing Yeah. I mean, I was, and I was someone who was like, I was forced to go to therapy as a kid for like a number of reasons. I mean, like I, like I said earlier, I was molested by my cousin. So like I was forced to go as a young kid and like, it just automatically put a bad taste in my mouth because like no one wants to do anything that they're forced to do much less like over, like you don't want to relive the trauma, especially like Mm -hmm. when you're a little kid. And it's just like, that was my first experience with therapy and it was not a positive one. And then like I had to go back as like a uh, later in life because um, before my dad remarried, my mom was dating guys and like the, I didn't like the guys she was dating, like they were toxic men. And so like mm-hmm. it, it was another situation where I like, I just didn't want to be there. And then like, it kind of got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm an adult. Like, like I need to course correct basically. And like, right. I'm not going to let like, this like these people who like played significant roles in my life I'm I'm no longer going to let them can not control me but like control who I become and so I kind of like took matters into my own hands and and yeah like if there's anyone out there who like doesn't believe in therapy or doesn't think that they should like try it like especially if you have health insurance like who's gonna pay for it like why not you know why not at least try it do you think that this has made you this experience that you have gone through has made you like stronger like what oh yeah have you learned like from going through this of years of this as you know also um so like 
Deshaul is probably going to laugh at this, but like I've, one of the reasons why I'm like in therapy is because I have always valued my pride and like how stubborn I am as like Hmm. a a strong trait. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Because, because I feel like I, it gives me an edge. Like I, I feel like I don't, I don't give up and like, I'm, I feel like I'm so far accomplished for my age. And I feel like that's because like I have such a strong sense of drive. And because like, although it like it, it's not good in other ways in the sense that like, I don't, I I feel like I don't need anyone and I can do everything Mm -hmm. on my own. I feel like that's also like given me like an advantage in other situations. And so like, I, I think that I am like stronger than the average person and I can put up with more shit than the average person. Um, And I think I'm, I'm more like driven in a certain sense. So yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely believe everything happens for a reason. And I know that like, though this is my dirty laundry, I know someone else has a different type of dirty laundry or like different shitty experiences. And so I think that like you, I don't believe in God, but like I believe in karma and like the universe. And I think that everyone has almost like a path. And so Mm -hmm. this is my path and all this shitty stuff that happened to me as a child. Like I, I think that like it, molded me into who I am today. And I really like who I am. So I'm not going to like mope around about it. There you yeah. Go. Like be like, why me? You know, people yeah, exactly. Say, well, why me? And don't look at why not, you know? So it's like one of mm-hmm. those things that you are able to be like where you are and who you are, because you know, you, you had no choice. You know, sometimes people are privileged when they're younger and don't go through things and they're not you know, um, they're given so many choices and options. So then they, it's, it's, it's tough for them in the real world. So, um, you know, you've accomplished so much at your age to own a, what they, didn't you own your house at like 24, 23, 23, 23. Yeah. <laughs> see, like that is amazing that people, I, girl, I know people who are 40 who ain't got no house. Okay. Oh, know, like, yeah. so it's just something, you know, and I also, you know, have to think, it has to do with your sign. Shout out to Scorpios. I, I don't think that has the sign. But yes, it, it does. Oh, oh shut up, Deshaul. You know, you're a Pisces, so sign. you're compatible. Anyway, it has everything to do with the sign. Scorpios are strong-willed people. We're strong-minded. We have strong personalities. But moving along, um, but yes, I a lot of what you went through has made you like a strong person. So it's really great and positive to hear that you're not allowing. You know, you're not playing the victim and you're doing the. You know, why not me? Like, what am I going to learn from this? What Thank you, and I'm. So that's I'm so cool. glad yeah. you said that, by the way, because, you know, I'm not a why, why me kind of person. That's like Chloe knows how I feel. It's like the person that says, I'm such a good person. Why is this happening? Happening to me? <laughs> really? People who say they're good people are usually the ones that are not. OK, I'm just saying like you, you're not the ones that's supposed to say this about yourself. Right. So the why me thing never helps. I'm glad that mm-hmm. you said that. And I do have a couple more questions that I feel like everyone's going to want to know. One question is. How was your relationship with your dad once you actually came back in your life for all those years? And how long was the span? Because you said he left and then he came back and then mm-hmm. you guys had another rift in 2016. And then final mm-hmm. question is, how is your relationship with your dad now? Okay, so uh, the first question. So the timeline was, it was probably around 2005, 2006 that he left, came back in 2008 um, at the end. And then, um, I was starting high school at that point. And so we were really close. I mean, like I didn't get along with my mom growing up. And so I would go to my dad and, um, he was kind of like the favored parent as a child. Um, 
but he was also really strict. So it was kind of hard. Like I, I butted heads with both of them. Um, but we were really close. I feel like I've inherited a lot of my traits, good and bad from him. And so I think there are a lot of similarities there, which obviously sets us up to have like a good relationship. Um, and yeah, we were, we had a fine relationship. I, I thought that everything was in the past and like, it was just like, okay, because I didn't, because I don't like conflict. I don't like to talk about things. I just kind of like brushed it under the rug as he preferred and went along with things. And then um, in 2016, it was really awkward because it was my, my last year of college that I was living at home and I literally lived in the same house with him and didn't speak to him. And I mean, I know Deshola can attest to this because he okay. would be, yeah, yeah I'll let Deshola, do you want to like um, talk about it from I'm, your I mean, perspective? I mean, if you'd like, um, you know, the show is not about me, but I will give my, <laughs> give my, what I did see. So yeah, when she tells you she would ignore him, I mean, I, I, I was, Chloe and I have been friends for many years and I would go into the house, Chloe, like I would come to his house, her house, knock on the door. She'd come downstairs, open the door for me. Her dad would be sitting right on the couch. She'll go walk right up, right up the stairs. And I'll sit there and talk to him and say, Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah. blah. He'll talk to me. He'll ask, what are you guys doing today? Blah, blah, blah. If Chloe hadn't already walked upstairs, she'll literally ignore him. Just walk away. Or if we're in her room and we're talking, he'll come in the room and say, Hey, so like, what's going on? How you guys doing? I'm fine. Uh, like anything happening tonight? No. <laughs> or she won't say anything, and I'll be sitting there like trying to keep the conversation going because I felt so uncomfortable, you know. <laughs> so, so, so she's when she says she's like, it was awkward. It really was, but it seemed like it wasn't awkward for her at all. Yeah, that like you saying that back, I, I hate that because like to me that sounds like someone who is like a spoiled brat, like someone who's like oh, really? You were like living under your dad's roof and like, that's how you're treating him. And, and so like, I, I just wanted to get out and move out so bad. Like the, the month, the last year of college, it was so bad. And then like the month that I graduated, I moved out a week later and like, I didn't speak to him. Um, I, tr I did try to make an effort father's day in 2018. And I, I invited him over to my house so he could see the new house that I had bought. Um, we went out to lunch and it was all very surface level. And like after that interaction, I like realized, okay, like this relationship is essentially dead in the water. Like there's, there's nothing there. And like, you're not going to talk about it and I'm not going to talk about it. And we're just going to pretend like this is normal. And so, and I hated that. And that's, that's what I mean when I say like, I can't be fake. Like I just, I just won't talk to you because like, I, I don't have it in me to like sit there and smile and like play nice. Um, and so, yeah, you fast forward to present day and, and now our relationship is totally non-existent. I'm actually working through um, what my therapist calls grief therapy because it's like you're not grieving um, a death, but you're essentially grieving a loss of like your father. So you basically go through like all of the same steps that you would to grieve someone who died, but it's a little bit harder because they're still alive. And, um, I know that that sounds probably morbid and I know that there are probably people out there who are like, but he's your dad. Like, and, and I, I get that to a certain extent, but like, it's gotten to a point where he's almost 60. He's not going to change who he is. Like, this is who he is. This is who he's going to be for the rest of his life. He won't take accountability. Um, any apology I get from him will just be empty. Like, I'm sorry, I hurt you, but not, I'm sorry I did X, Y, and Z. And like, I was wrong for that. 
And so I'm kind of like taking matters into my own hands and like protecting myself. And like, this is what I feel is like the right decision for me personally to, um, I guess, make myself feel better about everything. Yeah. And you could definitely see that you have um, had like immense growth because the fact that you feel a certain way by the way that you acted at that time when you had every reason to act that way. I feel like any teenager, child, whatever it is, a father to treat their child the way that he did, that, you know, it would be normal to act that way. So that's amazing that you're like, hey, I'm not proud of that because I I would have acted the same way, not worse. So, um, yeah, we're just going to say that. All right. But that's amazing. That is so funny. She said, I would have been that and more. So my final question to you is, what have you learned from this entire situation? Because this podcast is about moments in your life. And this was many moments in your life around the same Mm -hmm. situation. What is the thing you'd say, the one thing or a few things that you actually learned about this entire dad issue you have? Um... I, I, I guess, I mean, first and foremost, and this is something that I wrote in the letter to him. So, um, maybe this is a conversation for another time, but I personally do not want children. Um, I've been very like firm in that decision since I was a child. I've just known that I've, I've never wanted children. And something I wrote in the letter to him was that I wish that he had done some reflecting before he decided to have children, because I feel like if, if he knew that he was like this selfish person and he was capable of doing these things, um, he wouldn't have decided to have children because I feel like you have to be like a very selfless, like compassionate, patient person when you have kids. And, um, I told him like, I know I'm not compassionate and I lack empathy and I lack patience for other people. And so I don't want to have children. Um, I, I wish that you had, kind of done this reflecting before you had kids, because I think maybe like it just wouldn't have been the right choice for you. And so Mm. I guess the one thing that I, I want to impress upon people is like, don't have kids unless you think that like you can give them the best life possible. Otherwise, what is the point of like bringing another person into this life? You know what I mean? That's amazing that you've been able to reflect that and actually, you know, take that, like information or observation that you've gathered from yourself to not put somebody in a position that you were in. So I think that's great. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Chloe. That was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And that has been moments. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Wow. That was so amazing for, you know, Chloe and Lexi to share their story. It's something that you're so vulnerable with and so personal, you know, so I'm so glad that they share that with us because there's going to be listeners who can relate or people are in the situation don't know what to do. I agree. There's even people to be like, dang, you know, like that's crazy that people go through that. It just really is wild that especially men don't like handle their responsibilities or just care about themselves more than than their children. It's mind blowing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, daddy issues is something that a lot of people can relate to. And I told, I told maybe three, four people that we were doing this episode and every single person said, Oh, well, if you need someone, I can do it. And I'm not exaggerating. How sad is that? So, you know, but anyways, you know what? Maybe we'll do a future episode called Mommy Issues because a lot of people, a lot of people have issues with their mothers too. You know, (laughs) see, no, for real. So anyways, thank you all so much for listening to our first episode of Moments. Moments. We're excited about it and uh, tune in next week.